Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. I used to do party plans, so I'll be like selling my neighbors vibrators, and they're so embarrassed. And I'm like, no, seriously, I could be selling you a magnet. I'm not thinking about you using this. Like I'm just. It's the thing that I'm telling you. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Nasty Woman Club, the sex edition. This week on the episode, I'll be talking about kink. For those that don't know, kink is an umbrella term used to describe a wide range of sexual activities and fantasies that are considered to be unconventional or unorthodox. Most people, when they think of kink, they think it means BDSM. But BDSM is not the only sex practice that's a kink. There's others like roleplay or swinging. I was very fortunate enough to talk with someone that grew up in the world of kink. Jordan has a very fascinating story. Her mum made leather kink goods and her household was very open about talking about sex. Yet Jordan went to a religious school and had sex education classes highly influenced by strict religious beliefs. She now writes a blog called Sex Talk with Jordan. She often writes about taboo sex topics such as how to clean your sex toys, how to use a strap-on, and things you need to consider when buying a vibrator. Jordan spoke to me about her upbringing and how she became fascinated with kink and joined the kink group FetLife a social networking group for the BDSM, fetish and kink community. This is Jordan. I'm the sixth generation of a paddler. So my mum and dad, that's how they actually met. My mum was working for this business and they met, they got married, bought the business off my grandparents and they had been approached a couple of times to make fetish wear because like our company is known for its quality and everything. And they always said no. Then my mum and dad were breaking up and mum wasn't sure like what she was doing and she wanted her own business just in case. And because fetish had kept being brought up to her, she was like, well, maybe this is something I need to look into. So yeah, that's how she started. And she was so straight-laced. She hadn't been into an adult shop before. I think she was like 40 or something when she went into her first adult store (laughs) and she was shook. (laughs) And how did that affect you growing up, especially in your teen years? Was it something that you were proud of, embarrassed of? Did your mom have to sit you down and have the talk with you and be like, okay, well, this is fetish gear. You don't have to use this, but it's something you can use if you want. (laughs) I don't think I really thought about it that much when I was in school. Like, I was 10 when she started the business and, you know, she would bring home like leather G-strings and pay my sister and I like five cents for lacing up a G-string. So that was like our pocket money and it was just normal. So I didn't think about it too much and I just kind of understood that there were all these different types of sex and sexuality and, you know, no big deal. I mean, obviously that's like a pretty unique way for a teenager to think about sex. I used to do party plans. 
also I'll be like selling my neighbors vibrators and they're so embarrassed and I'm like no seriously I could be selling you a magnet I'm not thinking about you using this like I'm just it's just a thing that I'm selling you and then my grandma was always really open with it as well like she would tell me that before you get married make sure you have sex with someone and make sure you live with them before you marry them because they could be shit in the sack um (laughs) (laughs) that is some wise wise advice grandma i'm yeah (laughs) then i did go to quite a religious school and the sex education we had there was shocking so i did have those outside pressures to be like ashamed or embarrassed of my body and my sexuality so i have had this push and pull relationship with sexuality, body, masturbation, all of that stuff. It is quite bizarre. I'm still trying to make sense of it myself. I hadn't really thought about it too much until you asked me and I was like, wow, this pattern really goes up and down. (laughs) So was there even sex talk then when you hit puberty? Well, mum says there was, but my sister and I have spoken about it and we don't ever remember it. We do have this book that was passed down from grandma to mom to us and it's called where do babies come from and it's pretty hilarious the chapter on intercourse is called mating (laughs) and there's like questions in there like can I wash my hair when I have my period so that was our sex talk as kids and then in high school the sex talk we had was really just about boys getting erections and then anti-abortion Wow, that really does delve into so much of sex, yeah. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's pretty horrific. So did you have to then go to other sources then to try and seek more information about sex? We grew up in like the Dolly Doctor girlfriend field section. Good old Dolly Doctor. Yeah, yes, that was it. And I mean, all I can remember learning from that is tips and tricks on how to give a blowjob. So even then, I feel like that's failed me in learning about myself. I guess as I got older and working in the industry and going into adult stores and talking to managers and being exposed to like different toys and stuff and it's like well this is how it's supposed to work for you and I think that's how I've learned about the anatomy is well you have this thing called a g-spot and this is what this toy is supposed to hit. So what made you decide then to delve more into sex and kink and blog about it? As you can tell I've had a really like weird relationship with the sex and sexuality and I have kind of been trying to to figure that out, but then also knowing there are some things that I think are common knowledge and I will talk about it and people have no idea. And I'm like, well, you should know that because it is like important. This should be a discussion we should be having. And I thought that it was important that I can give out as much that I know. I know try and educate, but I am also still trying to figure out my own sexuality. So it's like a good exercise for me to document it as I go along, I guess. And kink, because I've always just been so exposed to it. I feel like kink is a really good way for me to explore because I have had a tumultuous relationship with sex and sexual experiences. And I know in a kink relationship and in a kink environment is so respectful and open and it is a really beautiful dynamic I think between 
the participants. So for me to go into that environment and to know that whatever I want to do or what I want to try is going to be like accepted, it's just a nice space to be in. And I have friends in the kink community that are just so, they have really taught me that it's okay, like whatever you're into, as long as it's like legal and consensual, like it's okay. And to just be accepting of yourself and of others. You said that you joined a social media platform called FetLife. What made you join FetLife and how did that help you understand King and have a better relationship with it? I was wanting to explore my sexuality and try new things. And I'd been on Tinder and had some really, really bad experiences. And I had heard about FetLife through work knowing that the kink community is really accepting I thought that might be a good place to have open and honest conversations about sexuality without like some skeevy guy turning it into like dirty talk like thinking I'm trying to hit on him you know what I mean Mm. so I joined the website and people message you straight away not being creepy or sexual or being like coming on to you they just say hi and welcome and if you ever have any questions I'm here to chat it is a really nice place to be and then you can see all the events that are in your area and I've been to a couple of those now with a group of friends I actually made on FetLife and everyone is just really welcoming like I have my vanilla friends who like aren't into kink which I think is silly because kink is such an umbrella term Everyone has some kind of kink, but you still say, like, you're vanilla, you're kink friends. So, yeah, my vanilla friends would be like, oh, like, what do you do at an event? Like, they think that you go in and everyone's, like, nude and flogging each other or something, but it's not like that. Like, it's just so comfortable. So what are the events? Like, are they at kink clubs or they're just, like, you know, general Facebook group meetups? So there are things called munches, which are... They're like a meetup in a non-kink environment. So it's just down at the pub or at a cafe or something. And it's just for everyone to get together and have a coffee and chat and hang out. And then there are events that you go to and they can be balls or like dress up parties or whatever. There are a couple of places in Brisbane. One of them just shut down, but there was one in like a warehouse that they'd done up for the event. And that was really cool. So when you first go in, they have the people at the door and you sign something and they tell you the rules, like don't take photos without people's permission and they'll walk you around the venue and like this is where the bathrooms are, this is the smokers area or whatever. They're like quite strict with alcohol. People aren't like getting drunk and stupid, which is really nice. They have like a stage for people if they want to get up and like dance. There are designated areas for different things for people doing rope everyone just like sort of sits back and watches is very respectful and if you're not into that kink then you don't make a deal out of it you just can appreciate or watch something else thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the nasty woman club the sex edition for more information on jordan make sure you head on over to her instagram page sex talk with jordan and also head on over to her website sextalkwithjordan.com Next week on the show, we will be looking at BDSM and I'll be speaking with several women that work in the BDSM industry.
If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you hit subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. And for more stories on intersectional feminism and women empowerment, make sure you check out The Nasty Woman Club on Facebook and Instagram and also at thenastywomanclub.com. I am your host, Demi Lynch, and I will see you all next week for another episode of The Nasty Woman Club, the sex edition. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.